This podcast is brought to you by Fear Free, the initiative that takes the pet out of petrified and puts treat into treatment. Learn more at fearfreepets.com. Hello, everybody. This is Alex Jimenez, host of the Fear Free podcast series. In this episode, we are going to focus on how you communicate your Fear Free certification online. So we're going to talk a little bit about marketing, we're going to talk about some social media, and really kind of how you get that message out there that you are now Fear Free certified, what that means, and how you kind of rep that logo a little bit. On today's episode, we have with us Dr. Catherine Prim of Applebrook Animal Hospital and Dr. Jonathan Bloom of Willowdale Animal Hospital. Dr. Prim, this is a very exciting one for you. You were our very first Fear Free certified professional. And I was wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit about that story, because you got some really good media attention from that. You got some great traction on social media, and you really leveraged that title in a a very successful way. So aside from probably being up till 4 a.m., because you did complete the certification literally hours after we launched, um, can you just tell us, how did that all go down? Well, I... You're right. I I stayed up all night to get it. I thought it was important. I was waiting for it to happen because I'd heard Dr. Becker speak. I'd heard Dr. Bloom speak. And I knew, I just had that feeling this was going to be the thing that made a difference for practice and kind of um, all of those things, taking the pet out of petrified and putting the treat back in treatment and all that. However, I thought it would kind of put the fun back in it for me. And I realized that I spend more time being a veterinarian than I spend really doing anything else. And it needs to be fun. Fun is what motivates people to do things. So I wanted my job to be fun. So I was waiting I was ready for it to go live, and after I got the certification, I was very, very proud and very tired. Um, I decided, you know what? I've worked for this. I've earned this, and I believe in this, so let's do this. Let's do it. Let's go all the way. So um, I did the press release. I, I secured a couple of television interviews on local TV, which which was really fun. So all of these things have been really fun for me. I um, Let's see, I got featured in a local newspaper about it, and that actually, um, I had clients mentioning, and clients were bringing me the picture and bringing me the news clip um, for me to have. Like, I have several copies of that because clients were like, I saw you, I saw you. It was just kind of a buzz creation for me. Um, So once that buzz was kind of planted in the community, I wanted to make sure that the logo appeared and reminded people, oh, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So I put it on all of our social media channels, and I started doing posts about success stories and asking and mentioning to clients, hey, can you can you tell me what, what this experience has been like for you? A couple of my clients um, then posted Google reviews. And I have pictures of happy pets and videos of happy cats and dogs. And I posted them and said, this is what a fear-free pet looks like, hashtag fear-free pets. Kind of at every point of contact, I, I shared that idea. That's, that's a great story. And I'd have to imagine that you also saw some traction in your practice with visits. And you said clients were mentioning it to you. Do you think that on a strategic level that that helped drive people into your practice? Because 
the end of the day, Fear Free is about the pets, but owners and veterinarians are also going to ask, well, how can it help my bottom line? And do you think that that's something that you saw from your experience really drive some of that? I really think so. I um, I heard enough people mention it, and I don't hear every word they say. You know, my front desk hears things and stuff. So if I'm hearing it, they're talking about it. So absolutely. And I I have gotten five positive Google reviews for my animal hospital just in the last couple of weeks. A couple of them mentioning that I even did uh, the examination on the floor, that I did everything in my power to make sure that their pet was comfortable, that they noticed these things. And these were unsolicited. I didn't ask these people to do it, although I check and see because <laughs> it makes me feel good. So, um, yeah, it's it's a ripple that I that I actually see. Right. And that, that brings up a really good point that comes up a lot with Fear Free. And it's that question of profitability. And we'll kind of touch on that in other podcasts as well. And we can come back to some of this marketing stuff. But I did want to touch on that just briefly and ask you to talk a little bit about, you know, for those people out there wondering, is this for me? Is this going to help my bottom line? What advice would you give them? I think that it's really, um, it's not for the practitioner who wants to see a ton of pets just on the surface. It's, it's not that. It's not for that kind of practice. And that kind of practice certainly has a place because if it weren't for the cheap and quickie things, there are some pets that would never see a vet, and I recognize that. But I don't think this is for that kind of practice. I don't know if you'll ever – traverse that hurdle. And I know that um, one of the one of the veterinarians on the, the fear-free professionals is worried because her boss, she says, is old school and she doesn't think that she can get him signed on. And I think in those cases, you just do the best you can in your exam rooms with your patients to try to make that difference. I don't know if you can ever get someone that is truly old school to believe in this. I don't know. That makes a lot of sense. Dr. Bloom? Well, I do feel this way. Pet owners might not be very good at identifying dental disease or diseases like obesity, but they are expert at identifying fear and anxiety. If they sense that in their pet, they're going to try to find every opportunity to not come to the veterinary hospital. They will seek care wherever they can other than at your place. They'll go to the pet food store, they'll call the breeder, they'll go to the groomer, and they'll try to get information from them if they sense that their pet is fearful or or anxious coming to the veterinary hospital. And when you start creating those good experiences and you overcome that and you show that you're making an effort and succeeding to create these great experiences for these pets, it's, it's black and white. You see it in action, they're going to keep coming back. And you know, Steve Dale in, in Chicago, a friend of mine, says, hey, we can't treat the pets we don't see. So if we can't draw them in, if we can't remove the barriers to accessing veterinary hospitals, those pets are going to suffer. They're not going to have the level of care that the owners want them to have. And we're seeing pets coming back, too. We're seeing pets coming back in volume. We're seeing pet individual pets that... 
we see them for certain medical conditions like heart disease, and they're supposed to be coming back regularly for their follow-up, and maybe before they sort of fall off the radar and they wouldn't come back or they come back with some reluctance. Those pets are now coming back because there's no reason not to. There's no fear on their pets. They don't have to worry about their pet being anxious and what impact that will have on their heart condition. When you see those ear infections and you want to see them back in two weeks to make sure the ear is cleared up, we've gone from, I got a way that I think my pet's, my dog's ear looks better. I don't notice that smell. I don't see the redness. I think it's good. And so I'm not going to go because he doesn't like going to the veterinary hospital. We're now seeing those owners coming back for the follow-up evaluations, for the progress evaluations, because there's no reason not to. They want to make sure that this thing is done. They want to make sure that your infection's cleared out. They want to make sure that their pets have completed the treatment and that the condition is resolved. Alex, I don't know if it's can be directly attributed to Fear Free because I don't really have a way because we implemented it all, but my hospital is busier right now than it ever has been. And I've been there for almost, well, I've been there for 18 years. Wow. And that's something that I think our listeners need to know is that you do see some of these things have an immediate impact, don't you think? I think, Alex, I was the Fear Free approach People can see immediate results. There aren't a lot of diseases that we treat that they can see immediate results with. It might take a day or two or three days to see improvement in the pet's urinary tract infection, ear problem, breathing issues, weight loss can take months. But you know within two minutes that that pet's calm and relaxed. Right. So let's get back to a little bit of the marketing and if we can, it is 2016 after all, and I think everybody wants to know about social. So can you talk a little bit about how you utilize social media to market your fear-free certification? Well, obviously, I believe that everyone's animal hospital should have a Facebook page because I think we underestimate how many people are actually watching that. And I find that the people that follow me on Facebook, there may not be a huge, huge number of them, but they are very vocal and they are tuned into sharing and they, they want to kind of fly my flag. So make sure that you, you take advantage of the, the things that the Fear Free Certification makes available to you. There is a Fear Free Certified page where you can share publicly the posts about fear, anxiety, and stress on your hospital's page. There is also a support page just for fear-free certified professionals where you can say, hey, I tried to implement this and it didn't work and other people that are in the trenches with you can comment on that. So that is one way, I think, to maximize and leverage this on social media. A couple other things that I wanted to address were video and sure. maybe this kind of idea of, uh, of reviews like you've talked about. But I think especially when it comes to Yelp, uh, that's for a whole nother podcast. Oh, I don't want to talk about Yelp. No. Um, well, I have found that a lot of my staff, well, every member of my staff has a smartphone. Um, and instead of saying, oh, nobody can talk on their smartphone or be on their smartphone, I have channeled that and said, you know what? 
you watch me, you video me, you take a picture of anybody on this staff interacting with a pet in a fear-free way, anything that makes you happy. So we take a picture of every pet for their chart already, and my staff has become kind of excited and, and passionate about it, making videos when things are going right. They don't have to be long. They don't have to be fancy. They just have to be honest. Videotape those nail trims that went well. Um, snap a picture of a dog. We did a video of a puppy wagging its tail frantically. It's the only thing is the puppy wagging its tail frantically for 10 seconds. And that was my biggest post for the week. Everybody watched the video in its entirety. And we just captioned it something like, you know, a fear-free smile or something like that. And it's very, very simple. And your staff all have the equipment to make it happen. Right. I love that. I think it really encapsulates that uh, sense of community. And speaking of community, can you talk a little bit about the impact that Fear Free has on some of the online chatter about your practice, if you will? So I think that um, whether we like it or not, the the pulse of what's happening in our community is going to show up on Google. So I routinely check the Google reviews for our hospital, and um, I have seen kind of a wave of people that have mentioned things that we have implemented from Fear Free. So I know one of our very recent ones, um, this client said, we have been seeing another vet besides Dr. Prim, but they have never been up to the par of Dr. Prim, and so I came back. She even examined my dog on the floor. She did everything she could to make my dog comfortable, and this is this is a, an aggressive little dog. Um, and we managed to, to get what we needed done, and no one got bitten, and it was a positive experience, and the client posted about it. That's a great example. Now, I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk about email. We could probably do an entire podcast just on emails, but Dr. Bloom, you do a really good pre-appointment email, and I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. So the important part about those emails is you have to embed the information in the email. You can't make it as a link or something you have to click to open because people are busy. They have busy lives. They're on their smartphones. It's hard to open them, and they they sometimes skip them. So you definitely want to embed the message in in, in your in your um, email that you're sending out. But I think those emails not only are they helpful for pet owners if they're if they're busy or they didn't have a chance to read it by the time they arrive, you can draw their attention to it, remind them just how important that is, and and have them review that for their next appointment. Once they've got it, they've got it in their possession. They've got it on their phones forever, and they can save that. But I also think that those emails do circulate. I think they they that the pet owners will send those emails out to their friends to help their pets get to the veterinary hospital. And of course, it's all branded with our logo and our name on there. So they know where the information is coming from. And I think it helps spread the word about veterinary visits just don't have to be the way they used to be. We can do things better, and we are doing them better. So I think that that the... The email is not just used by the pet owner, but they share that with their relatives and their friends. And it's also up on our website. You can go to our website, and you're going to click on the on the part about our services, and you're going to see that email right there. And I'll be talking about 
what, what you can do to deliver your pet to the hospital in a calm state of mind. We've got pet owners taking pictures, much like Dr. Prim was saying about her staff taking pictures of fear-free inaction in their hospital. We've got pet owners who are taking pictures of the exam of their pet or of their pet waiting to be seen, eating food from, from the bowl on the placemat that we have on the exam room floor. And they take those pictures. We see those pictures show up on Facebook. And we see them as we walk into the room. We see them with their phones out snapping pictures of things that are happening in the exam room because they're happy. They're not taking those pictures because their pets are stressed. They're taking those pictures because they're amazed with how calm and, and relaxed and happy their pets are to be there. And so our, our pet owners become our greatest advocates. It's actually amazing. You know, of all the things, I'll tell you this, of all the things that we've done, of all the, the, the emails, of all the, the plaques that we've put in the exam rooms and we've had that branded and we've had that, you know, um, um, designed properly. We've done a lot of customer service training. We've, we've, we've got all sorts of things that are happening in the exam room that scream fear-free. And the thing that's gotten the most attention, everybody's gotten on their phone a picture of their dog eating food out of the food bowl on a placemat in our exam room. And you see them taking those pictures. And what do you think they do with those pictures? They don't just keep them on their phones. They send them to people with messages. I'm at the vet. I'm at Willowdale Animal Hospital. And they're proud. They're proud to see their dogs or their cats chowing down on some food waiting for their vaccines. It's a good experience. And it makes me feel good. When I walk into the exam room and I see they're snapping pictures of their pet in the exam room, hey, you don't see people with trembling dogs or dogs with people with dogs whose tails are tucked between their legs. You don't see them taking pictures of that. But you'll see them taking pictures of, of the pets eating food out of a bowl that's on our placemat that says, you know, welcome back, Charlie. Or good to see you, Charlie. Personalized placemats and and owners. That simple thing, owners love. Yeah, right. And sometimes, as we've discussed in these podcasts, it's the simple things that really go a long way with the owners. So, with that said, I really appreciate both of your time. I do want to take a moment to remind all of our listeners out there that we have a ton of great resources in the resources section and toolbox section on Vetfolio under Fear Free. Uh, we have press release templates. We have uh, reusable social media postings for different animal holidays. So if it's like, uh, you know, National Dog Day and a lot of great stuff to really get some of that outreach started. Dr. Prim, Dr. Bloom, thank you both so much for your time. And as a reminder to everyone, there will be a Q&A after the posting of this podcast with Dr. Prim and Bloom to answer any of your questions related to the topics that we covered today. Thank you both. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much. As always, if you aren't registered for your certification and you would like to be, which I don't know how you wouldn't want to after hearing some of these great examples today, you can go to fearfreepets.com to learn more. Thanks.